We all need a little bit more love, don't we? Put your hand up if you'd like a little more love today. Okay, well, you can't hug each other just in here, but maybe when you go home. Um, I, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to be able to share today on real love. In week one, we had Love Well with Pastor Lockie Harder. So thanks, Lockie. Really appreciate your message. And then we had Speaking Love with Pastor Greg Pratt. Pastor Greg, thank you. And then we had Hard Love, which was the, the tough one. Thanks, Pastor Mike. I really appreciated that. And today, we're going to talk about real love. But before we get going, kids, I just want to involve you a little bit because I know often in church, sitting still for a long time can be pretty hard. So every time I say real love, those words during my sermon, kids, you've got to stand up. Okay, let's practice. Real love. Oh, a bit dodgy, bit dodgy. Okay. All right, sit down. Okay, ready? Real love. Ah, that's better. Now, as soon as I've said real love, you're stood up, you can sit straight back down again, okay? Now, so every time I say that, you've got to stand up and then sit down. The second thing is, if you want to be really tricky, really tricky, you then count how many times I say it between now and the end of the sermon, yeah? Okay, do I have an adult here who loves numbers? Put your hand up. Who's going to be the numbers king or queen? All right, let's see. Do we have any accountants here? Where's Sally Rody enough? Okay, all right. There's a, there's a numbers person. Okay, is that, is that Karen? Okay, Karen, can you count how many times I say real love and the kids have got to go and see Chaplain Karen, okay, at the end of the sermon to see and the, the prize, big prize. You get to find out if you are right or not, okay? That's the prize. Okay, that doesn't count. We're starting from, wait for it, we're starting from right now. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, I just pray that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit, that the words I say today might come from you and be a huge blessing to those who hear. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I was there in this room and it was a place that I had never expected to be. It all happened so quickly that I could barely blink an eye and before long I was ushered to take a seat and as I sat down, they got out this big bar and they started to install this bar in front of my chair. They called it the Hail Mary bar. And I said, why, why, did, why did you call it that? And so I just, in case you pass out, you just fall against the bar. Instead of hitting the floor, you just get to hang on to that. You just hang over the bar. So that sounds pretty good. All right. Okay, job done. Hopefully I won't need to use it, but job done. In a theatre bed beside me lay Ariana. It was an emergency C-section. You see, Ariana and I never ever thought that we would have children. And I know that there's probably some in this congregation today that you haven't had children and you're not alone. 
I know lots of people in that situation and we'd tried for nine years and, and it just wasn't happening for us. And out of the blue, a miracle. So it was unexpected to be there in the room and, and it was in a bit of a hurry and the, the doctor's there and they had this like little drape up so I couldn't see the, everything but I could, you know, it was an hour and is there and I'm in front of the Hail Mary bar and, and waiting. I'm thinking, no, I'm going to be here for my wife. I'm not going to pass out. I'm going to be the man who's, who, who stays alive in this situation, all right? Because, guys, it's pretty hard work, isn't it, sitting there while your wife's... You know, yeah, I know, yeah. Okay, <clears throat> yeah, preach it. Um, and then all of a sudden, it, it happens so fast, the next minute, you know, the doctors, I hear this roar. It was a roar of life. A young lion and the doctor holds up this child like this into the sky. And I looked and I said to myself, of course that's what he looks like, of course. Because he was made in our image. He was made in our image. For nine months I wondered, what's he going to look like? The moment I saw him, I knew he looks like us. He's in our, he's in our image. I recognise that kid. I recognise him. His name is Jaden, which means thankful or God has heard. You know, the moment I saw him, I had this love that I'd never experienced before. And, and I don't know, guys, but I just suddenly got real laser focused. Now, man, you know what that's like. When we get laser focused, look like ladies, it's like when we go to the pantry and we're looking for something, right? Wherever we look, that's where we look. There's nothing else. If we look there, it's not there. If it's not there, it's not there. It's not in the pantry. And your wife says, it's in there. She said, no, it's not. I've looked everywhere. I looked there, there, and there. She comes in there and pulls it. Oh, okay. I got real laser focused. I'm a dad now. I've got to do my dad's stuff. I'm going to make sure I provide for my family. And I got really focused, but my heart was just full of this love, incredible love. I was his father. You know, Jaden, at that point, he didn't know. He didn't know much about love at all. And it was Ariana and I, we, we, we gave him love. We loved him from the very beginning. Before he even did a thing, we loved him. And, and he's learning what love is from us. And Ariana and I are learning what love is from God the Father. And God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. Does this sound familiar to you? I want to take you on a journey today. A little bit of a journey. About what real love is. Real love, it's relational. It's eternal. It's applicable. You can really apply it to your life. And you can actually learn it. Because what happens if 
as you were growing up, you didn't have a really good role model to, to look at for what it means to really love. What actually is it? And some people grew up in horrible situations where even the word father is, is, is a terrible thing or even mother for some people. But real love, real love it is relational, it's eternal, it's applicable and it's also learnable. I'm going to take you on a journey through five revelations of love that are in the scriptures. Real love. And to start us on the journey, I want you to watch this video. Uh, my mom was constantly telling us we are untouchables. Oftentimes she would use the word we are subhumans, not really human beings. You can imagine how I would feel as a child, constantly hearing it from my own parents, my mom telling that we are not real human beings. Because that's what she was told. And it goes generations like that. It but you like have even thing. more demonstrative right. evil right. in your growing up. Tell right. us about that. Absolutely right. Because my father, by profession, he was a witch doctor, practicing witchcraft practicing black magic. He used to say that he used to talk to the evil spirits and thereby he was making money in the village. And uh, you could uh, imagine how totally our family was under the clutches of the evil spirits those days. It was an oppressive, grim, gloomy reality of my childhood. You had an unfortunate incident that uh, would add fuel to the fire, mm -hmm. literally. Mm -hmm. Uh, an encounter with a boy of an upper caste, what right. happened? Right. Yeah, I think I was around 11 years then. I was uh, playing uh, cricket with some of my friends, with my Dalit friends. And sometimes we used to play uh, the game uh, with upper caste boys as well. And once as we were playing uh, cricket, I, as we were playing, I accidentally bumped into an upper caste boy. He was a Brahmin boy. He became very angry that I being an untouchable not to touch him. And then he yelled at me saying, you dirty Dalit dog. And I, I became very upset and I had this cricket bat in my hand. It's like your baseball bat, thick and hard. I took it and gave him a whack. <laughs> he was hurt, he was bleeding. And there was a big commotion in the village Nearly 100 of his relatives came from nowhere within no time. And they just held me guilty. They said, I have committed something unpardonable and I deserve a punishment. So they told me that in the next 24 hours, we have to leave the village, vacate the village. Your whole family. The whole family. So my parents, as you can imagine, were totally shocked. They were in tears. They couldn't believe that this punishment was given to us. But we had to do what we were told in the next 24 hours. We packed our little stuff, just left the village to another village where the Dalits were uh, predominantly gathering. So that left a very deep hurt and wound in my heart. I'm sure it puts you in a bad place with the family members. You're right. Oh. Absolutely right. 
And your dad's livelihood was in this village. You are right. So he almost lost his job and we went to another village. And that was the time I started asking this big question in my life as young as I was 11. Uh, why did God create me as a Dalit, as an untouchable, as a subhuman? As you know, we were praying to all these millions of Hindu gods and no answer. So as you can imagine, I was left a very depressed, disillusioned young man seeking for hope in my life, seeking for reality of my life. I had no clue. Uh, that was a time as young as 11, I actually thought I should not live anymore. Mm. I should take my life away. Uh, even today, many Dalits take their lives away just because of the atrocities muted out to them, just because of the discrimination and the ostracization in the society. This goes on. Your brother. That's right. Came on the scene. That's right. And what was the biggest surprise of, about meeting that older brother? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was one of the most, the most exciting day of my life, blessed day of my life, I would say. Uh, when I was around 17 years old, I met my older brother again. Uh, then he came one day with a big beaming smile on his face. And then just he came and told Kumar, all our plight of suffering as Dalit is over his head. I said, how is it possible? Then my brother told that he accepted Jesus Christ. He became a Christian, follower of Christ. I said, how is it possible? I mean, I heard about Jesus, that he is the only God of Christians. And what happened? Tell me, I said. Then my brother told as he was walking on the street, he saw a group of young people standing, singing joyfully. And then he stood there, heard them, uh, their sharing, and they were talking about Jesus Christ. And then he stood there, heard the whole gospel, right and there, knelt down, gave his life to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And they gave him a Bible. He brought the Bible home and he just opened up the Bible to the first page. And he pointed out to a verse, an amazing verse, which I never heard in my life. And it says that I am created in the image of God. <laughs> I said, wow. <laughs> I never heard this good news all my life. Genesis 1.27. That's right. Because I was told I'm an untouchable, I'm a subhuman, I'm lesser than animal, I'm dirty, polluted. Those are my titles. Mm -hmm. And here this book declares, and the God of this book says, I am created in his image. Mm -hmm. And I told my brother, I want this God. <laughs> I want this God. And that's how my brother led me to Jesus that night. I'm glad that I accepted Jesus that night. Otherwise, I would not be sitting with you this morning, Maya. Kumar, how long did it take for you to see yourself as God sees you? Mm -hmm. to, to, for that weight of oppression and right. that destructive label to really be removed from your heart? Uh -huh. Honestly speaking, it took some time for uh, the truth to sink in, in me uh, because it was... Uh, too wonderful for me to believe that God could create me in his own image, the almighty God. Uh, so it was like a, over a period of time and it was like a process for me to just get the truth in me that I am his child. I am no more a Dalit, no more untouchable. And as a product of generations mm -hmm. of, of bondage, can, can you just decide I'm not a Dalit anymore? 
<laughs> Can you just say, I'm a Christian, I'm walking away from this. Right. I am a free man. Right, right. Actually, it, it took time, even though that is the reality. What did your family say? Well, my father uh, did not react well uh, because he was so gone deep into Hinduism, so gone into this evil world and evil spirits. Uh, he resisted it. Whereas my mom, who was kind of waiting for such a good news, accepted Christ the same day as I did. Wow. Yes. What wonderful, we call it good news. Uh -huh. it's, it's like unfathomably Absolutely. wonderful news You're right. to someone with no hope. Absolutely right. Yeah, somebody who has no hope will just jump and grab this good news. And that's what we did as a family. God is doing something unusual, unprecedented in our nation today among the Dalits. And one day, we want to see the Dalits all coming to Jesus. That's our prayer. The first revelation of real love is that every one of you are made in his image. And Genesis 1.27, so God created human beings in his own image, in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So when you're looking in the mirror next time, look in there and say, I'm made in God's image. I want you to turn to someone beside you and say, I'm made in God's image. Okay, what did you hear? I'm made in God's image. Let me hear it. That's the first act. I mean, God could have created any us as human beings. He could have created us in any form, but no, He decided through His real love. Kids, wake up on the front. Someone's just, how come you're yawning already? I only just started. Okay. Through His real love, He decided through His real love to create us in His image. There's no greater thing that we could have been gifted with Psalm 139, verse 13 to 18. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and you knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship, it's marvellous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life is recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumbered the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Real love invests value. The next revelation of real love is discipline. Now, it says in the scriptures that God disciplines those he loves. 
For the Lord disciplined those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child, it says in Hebrews. Now put your hand up if you love discipline. All right? Now let me tell you, I grew up in a home of discipline. Now there's some people from Victoria, love you guys. They're safe guys, they promise. They did all the right things. They've come from the right place at the right times, okay? All right. I grew up uh, as neighbours. And I received discipline and it hurt. Man, it hurt. I got, who, who has, who's ever had the belt here? Put your hand up. All the old schoolers here. Who can be proud and say, yeah, I got the belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who got some other things that we won't even mention? Uh, let's say wooden spoon. Let's put the hand up if you got the wooden spoon. Oh, you poor broken people. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, who got the nearest thing that was near them? used on their backside on the odd occasion. Okay, oh, you, you were really broken people, all right? We had a horse crop. One day Dad grabbed that and whew, my brother decided he was going to burn that thing and I helped him and it was the best decision my brother ever made in his whole life. But the thing I've learnt is this, as I've got older, that you see, discipline with pain in a moment is different from being undisciplined where the pain lasts a lot longer because of your shortcomings. The pain of being undisciplined is ongoing. It's debilitating and it's limiting. If you live an undisciplined life, you're going to have limitations. It'll debilitate you. You see, discipline is redemptive in the true sense of the word. To teach lessons that protect us from harm and to enable, grow and refine us. Real love cares enough, real love cares enough to correct. And I praise God that through my life, there have been people have given me real love by correcting me and enabling me and teaching me. The third element I want to talk to you about, and that's that beautiful verse there. The third element I want to talk to you about is that God transforms and he empowers that's what real love does. It's transformational and it's empowering. Romans 12, 2 says, and this is one of my absolute favourite texts. Don't copy the behaviour and customs of the world, but let God transform you into what? A new person, right? A new person by changing the way, where does it start? Up here. The power of the mind is unbelievable. Like we could do a whole number of seminars on this, but your mindset is, it, the mind is the most amazing piece of kit that God has given you. And it starts, the transformation starts in the mind. Changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will is. And what, what's the thing about his will? What is it? It's what? It's It's what? It's for you, yeah? It's, it's good? Say it. It's good. it's good. And it's what? 
pleasing. God's will is good and it's pleasing. Ha, who would have thought? Who would have thought? Now, this real love, it's transformational. Anyone here ever felt deeply loved by someone before? Didn't it transform you as a person? Did it put fuel in your tank? Did it make you feel like, wow, there's value here. Someone's valuing me. Real love is transformational. And I want to share with you this other text here too. Philippians 4.13, what's this say? I can do what? Everything. Through Christ who gives me? Yeah. Real love is transformational for up here. And it's empowering. What if, what if, Christians always talk about this stuff, don't they? Oh, yes, yeah, transformation, empowering. What if you really believed it, though? What if you believed that, there were, that truly you could do everything through Christ who gives you strength? What would happen then in your life? Are you just happy to be comfortable? Because real love is transformational and it is empowering. It sets you free to be unshackled in your mind to do all that you can be to fulfill the God-given potential that is given you because you're made in the image of God. Don't judge yourself by your school grades or by what someone else said about you. God says, I love you, I made you my image. Let me transform you and empower you. Real love is absolutely transformational and empowering. The next revelation of real love is this one. God gave his only son as a sacrifice. Now, as you know, Ariana and I only have one child, and that's Jaden. And when I think about that, I think, would I be prepared to sacrifice Jaden for something or for any one of you? The answer is no. <laughs> but God demonstrates his love in this. While we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. And he willingly, not only God the Father willingly, but God the Son willingly gave up his life for you. That's a lot of love, isn't it? If ever there was real love, that's it, isn't it? Isn't that it? 1 John 4, 9 to 10, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is what? You're supposed to stand up. Real love, right? That he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. What about this one? John 15, 13. There's no greater than this. Than one. You know, real love is sacrificial, sacrificial and it's life-giving. It's not about what you get. Real love is about what you give. 
Are you hearing me? But the beauty about this, think about it. What if you were sacrificial and giving and the other person was sacrificial and giving? What are you experiencing? Now, in your life, there's a very simple thing. What you give out comes back. It's actually a godly principle. It's a principle of the king of kings. Who you are is often reflected in how people relate to you. By and large. The final revelation of real love on our journey today is that God prepares a dwelling place for us to be with him. Now, what does this mean in relation to real love? Don't let your hearts be troubled. What are we going to do? Oh, come on, say it like you mean it. What are we going to do? Trust. Trust in God. Trust also in me. There is more than enough room. More than enough room. <laughs> ever, ever seen God not have enough? He's a God of abundance. There's more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, I would have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you. And when everything's ready, guess what? <laughs> I'm coming back to get you so that you will always be what? You'll always be where I am. Real love is provisional. It's providing. I'm going preparing a place. It's proximity seeking. I'm coming back to get you because why? Because I want you to be, I want you to be where I am. It's proximity seeking, and not only that, it's commitment keeping. That's real love. You make a commitment and you stick to the commitments that you made. I'm going to prepare a place. I told you I'm going away. And because I told you that, I'm coming back and I'm going to get you so you can be rightfully, rightfully where we should be. And that's together. That's a beautiful revelation of love. Real lovers. Just saying if you're still awake. Provisional. Proximity seeking and commitment keeping. Okay, so that's nice, Steve. Thank you for that. Um, yep, touched here. Praise God. Hopefully the Holy Spirit touched your hearts. Okay, so now, what do we do? How, now that we've heard these revelations of real love, how do I develop them in my life? Well, first of all, I'm going to suggest to you that you focus your attention on a few people. Think of the personal realm. If you're married, a spouse, or your children, 
maybe some close friends. Think about some people right now that you can kind of fix your thoughts or choose to actually show this real love to, okay? And then maybe professionally, maybe there's someone at your workplace or maybe at school that you can choose. I'm going to choose one person, important person. I'm going to practice doing this real love stuff. So once you've kind of got someone in mind, then the first thing to do if you really want to practice it is you've got to fix your thoughts, on the real love of God. Because you have to have an accurate model to take your real love from, right? And if you don't have that clearly, that picture clearly in your head, then you're going to start loving maybe from a more selfish, personal motives. Fix your thoughts on the real love of God and say, why am I doing this? Why actually are you doing this? You've got to answer that question. Why, why do you want to fix your thoughts on the real love of God? Will I schedule time to focus on real love? That's like reading your Bible, just checking out what God says about it. When will you schedule time to focus on it? And when will you begin? That's a good thing, isn't it? When will I begin? If you don't know when you're going to begin, chances are you'll do it someday, and someday ends up being no day, right? You know how it goes. So the second thing is ask real love questions. And you can do this daily in the morning. Now, if you want to pull your phones out and take a picture of this, that's okay. Just don't be embarrassed. Take a picture of this slide, then you can zoom up on it because those little words are a little bit small, aren't they? Um, take a picture of it so you can take, take this home because this is the application part. Ask real love questions. So in the morning, you can say, who will I invest? And these come from the five revelations of love, right? These questions. Who will I invest value in today who are you going to invest value in ask that question and remember these are those people you selected you're not going to do it for everybody just now you're going to start practicing small and grow it from there who will i care enough to correct can't wait for the husbands to try that one on their wives <laughs> let me know how you go um who will i care enough to correct or wives you know your husbands need correcting right they need a lot of correcting um and mostly that's true, isn't it? Who will I care enough to correct? How can I encourage transformation in someone's life today? How can I cheer somebody on to say, hey, you, this, this, you, can, you can do bigger than this. I believe in you. Hey, fix your mind on these things. And who can I empower today? Who can I empower? Who can I give more latitude to or something to to empower them or give them permission to do things or to grow in some way how can I empower someone to do something today where can I be sacrificial today you know as much as I've been a Christian all my life and I thank God for that and so grateful but you know the one thing I struggle with yeah I tend to think about myself a lot still I pretend I don't but how much of your life is spent thinking about you and how everything relaxes, how you're feeling about this and that and the other thing? Where can I add value to someone's life? What can I give to others? Who will I choose to get close to today? And how will I keep my commitments to others? 
And the final thing, if you want to practice real love and apply this, it's the imp- imp- to improve your capacity of real love through the learning improvement cycle. And this is where you, you learn something and then sometimes we have to unlearn and then relearn and apply. So we learn something, then we have to unlearn it and relearn it and then we apply it and then we go, okay, what did I learn from that? Okay, all right, I learned this. Okay, I have to unlearn some stuff. Right, and then I have to relearn and then I apply, and this is the improvement cycle. So, if you want to improve something in your life, this is the cycle that you can, you can use to build your capacity learn, unlearn, relearn, apply. Learn, unlearn, relearn, apply. May God bless you as each of us develop real love in our lives. We're going to pray. Dear Father in heaven, I just want to thank you for the revelations of real love. I only touched on five. There are so many more. Lord, please grant us the heart to move towards real love. And then we'll have all that we've ever dreamed of and imagined. Thank you for loving us with your real love.